We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome to the NFC East Feast, Week 14. John, we are hitting the home stretch of the season, only five weeks left. We've got two teams in division battling for NFC supremacy and possibly home field advantage. We've got two teams in division who are probably um, going to be scouting these upcoming bowl games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two teams definitely heating up, two teams uh, definitely looking forward to next season so far, right? Yes, and we got a, a bunch of big games on the docket coming up um, in this very division. Uh, I want to start off by recapping week 13. Saw probably the best Thursday night football game of the year. Normally we get some real dubs, duds on Amazon Prime, but uh, the Seahawks came to play. I know all of uh, we all uh, picked the Cowboys last week. They, they end up winning in the end um, because of another MVP performance by Dak Prescott. But on the other side of the ball, um, I hope none of you guys listened to me when I said bench DK Metcalf because I was an idiot last week. Dude goes for three tutties. Um, absolutely roasted Deron Bland in the first half. But then, of course, Bland, the great young corner, comes back in the second half, gets his league-leading interception. And uh, for the Cowboys, I, I'm i concerned, John, because the defense looks susceptible for the first time in a while. They look, they look like there was some holes there, and I think a, a team like Philadelphia, who's about to come to Dallas, can look just as good, if not better. But on the offensive side of the ball, the good times keep rolling. I mean, Dak, another 300 yards, three touchdowns, CD in the end zone, Jake Ferguson in the end zone, Brandon Cooks in the end zone. Like, these guys are cooking. The offensive line looks great. Tony Pollard's running, these, uh, running well these past couple weeks. We lead the league in points per game. Again, I'm going to praise Mike McCarthy. But uh, all in all, a, a close win. But, but I, I come away with optimism. How about you for my Cowboys? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, and I'm happy you kind of prefaced it with that, because I was going to say, you know, for as much as all of us were kind of gushing over the Cowboys last week, and also simultaneously kind of knocking the Seahawks saying, you know, this is an average team, so we expect the Cowboys to do what they do. Right. You mentioned it, the Seahawks came to play, and I and I was going to ask if it was if it raised any concern for you, you kind of just voiced that. I mean, I was very, I think watching that game, the thing that surprised me the most was that the defense struggled. Um, yeah. I've watched a, a couple of Seahawks games this year. Gino uh, is typically under pressure, and it seemed like he had a lot of time to throw. Um, it seemed like you guys weren't really getting a ton of pressure on him, and that's when Gino's obviously going to thrive, right? No quarterback likes pressure in his face. And to start that game off, I mean, that you, you said it, dude, that absolutely the best Thursday night football game of the year so far. I mean, it started with fireworks, just yeah. touchdown, trading touchdowns, like three, four drives in a row, I think, right? So, but you also have to be encouraged, I think, a little bit because, yes, they are, I guess, technically an average team, at least in record uh, in the NFL, but you can't knock the Seahawks. I mean, they've got weapons, they've got talent on that team, and when Geno plays well, they play well. So the fact that Dallas uh, not only hung in there with him, but I think for even watching the game, while Seattle did their best, there was just – there was that feeling, I feel like, at least, and I'm sure you had it as a Cowboys fan. Maybe you were worried. I don't know. But from an outsider, 
I never felt like the game was out of control for Dallas. I felt like ultimately Dallas was going to was going to come out with the W. And I think a lot of that has to do with the poise that Dak Prescott's showing right now. Yes. Yeah, no, I was um, I wasn't we, worried when the Cowboys were down by 7 and Dak or excuse me when the game was tied and Dak had the ball in his hands to take the lead. I felt confident. I was worried because Seattle got the ball back at the end of the game yeah. one more time and I'm like, "Oh, they're going to score." And yeah. then finally Micah Parsons gets his first real pressure on Geno and kind of sealed the game. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it, right? Like Deron Bland getting kind of roasted in the beginning uh, of the game by DK Metcalf, but kudos to DK. I mean, he's he's not just some wash of a wide receiver and as good as Deron Bland is people have bad games. It's, it's the ability, like I was just kind of alluding to like the ability to bounce back in, in that situation. And he does in a big way. And the Cowboys, I don't think there was a moment at the end of the game. uh, You guys were uh, going into scoring range. I can't remember what touchdown it was, but you guys were in the red zone. And there was a moment where Dak, it was kind of like you guys were playing fast paced. Dak gets yeah. back up to the line of scrimmage and he kind of looked and I was like, this is typically where Dak gets rattled. And he was looking off to a wide receiver, you know, to call either a hot route or kind of signal to him what he wanted. And that may, it may have been the most confident I've ever seen Dak. He looked like, yeah, we're, we're about to win this game. Let's go. So yeah. Kudos to your Cowboys, man. I fucking hate their guts. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, that play for Dak, he was like wrapped up in the backfield for almost like look like a sure sack. And he like shakes off yeah. the DT, scrambles out to his right and hits Jalen Tolbert on a dart for a first down. I'm like, dude, that's big boy football. So he's playing big boy football right now, man. For sure. Is. I mean, and, and there's he's what now number two uh, in a lot of the media talking about MVP voting. So MVP. Absolutely. I mean, that's wild. I my if for the record, if I had an MVP vote, we'll get to it here shortly. But. Mine's yeah. going to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. I mean, you could you could argue he, he he's there's there's one thing for sure. He's probably the most valuable part of the Dolphins. He's one of the few few people who the quarterback is the most valuable on his team. It's Tyreek Hill. And we're gonna talk about his team. That's a great segue in just a second. Um yeah. and you could argue he's the most valuable non-quarterback in all of football. You know, if you want to put like, oh, it's TJ Water, Miles Garrett, somebody on defense or something. But yeah, what he's doing in Miami, putting up historic numbers. And the Dolphins' offense, John, let's just get right into it. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins' off- offense is, is historic. They put up 70 points this year. They put up another 45 this week on the Washington Commanders. And uh, it's nothing uh, against the Commanders. Obviously, I'm sure you're disappointed. A bad season gets worse. But the Dolphins do this to most bad teams in the NFL. Right now, you guys are a bad team. Tyree Tyre Kill goes absolutely berserk again. The guy's got 1,400 yards receiving, more than 300 more than CeeDee Lamb, who's in, who's, uh, in second place. Um, but in this game, Tyree Kill goes for a buck fifty-seven, two tutties. They get the speedster Devin Achan, the rookie back. He goes for seventy yards and two touchdowns. Tua is probably top five MVP conversation too. I don't think yeah. this is so much bad com- bad commanders, John. I think the Dolphins right now they're rolling, man. And you, you just hit a buzzsaw. Uh yeah. I mean, I agree to disagree a little bit there. I definitely think it's some <laughs> bad commanders. I mean, both you and I both just very easily identified to as the MVP of that team. I wish somebody would have told Ron Rivera that uh, pregame because <laughs> playing man coverage after getting smoked just yeah. by number one wide receivers all year. And, you know, we fired Jack Del Rio and it seems like no adjustments were made. You know, it's just the cherry on top of a shit Sunday already this year. Right. So it's like, yeah, 
what are you going to do? You know, I mean, honestly, I don't have much to say about the commanders in this game outside of, you know, Sam Howell, uh, you know, he throws a bad pick. I mean, he's still going through these rookie mistakes. I think the biggest thing with him is just, you just want to continue to see growth and the kid doesn't stop fighting. You know, he has a lot of the intangibles that you want uh, out of a quarterback. He just doesn't have the system possibly yet around him. He doesn't have the players. Just culturally as an organization, we're not in a place to kind of assist in that development as much as I would like at this point. Um, but, but I do think, you know, I think brighter days ahead are ahead for us. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, I got two two good news uh, pieces of good news for you, John. Uh, one of them, you guys are going into a bye week, so they can't hurt you next week. They cannot lose. So you have a, a week <laughs> yeah, of stress free Sunday. I don't know what Luds and, is taking, but I think we are. Uh, I think the Commanders are are plus five going into the bye week. So the bye week's got a pretty good shot there. <laughs> bye week is undefeated, <laughs> um, and also right now, if the NFL draft were to start, you guys are at the number four selection. So you can either get Very that generation three. Yes. So the kid from Penn State, I can't pronounce his name. He's they say he's a generational left tackle. Best left yes. tackle in five to ten years. He's gonna come in uh, and Williams change your offensive if line. You will. Oh wow, yes, that name sounds familiar. Uh we're gonna talk about him in a second too. These are great segues. Yeah. This is just to be coincidental. And well uh, uh go ahead. No, I was just gonna say if you're gonna keep going on the commanders, go ahead. But I did want to touch on a couple of things just outside of the game since they have a bye this week. Well, no, I was going to say this kid from Penn State, um, if he's if he's there, obviously you get him like Trent Williams changes your offensive line or maybe just maybe this quarterback class gets so hot and heavy that it when Caleb Williams and Drake May and Michael Penix and Bo Nix and all these guys are going off the are coming off the board. There's the kid from LSU, Jaden Daniels. Maybe somebody's yeah. trigger figure gets itchy, trades up to you to you guys. You already have your quarterback. You trade back stockpile second and third round. Thousand percent. So I really perfect. I think there's some some thank you. There's some optimism there to be had. But um finish us up um on the commandos as they head to the bye week. Yeah, I, I think one of the craziest things that came out of this week for me was um, I I think that this week was finally the tipping point. We've lost some bad games this year. Ron Rivera is now in charge. But now I think there's more players that seem to be speaking out and speaking true feelings where I think before they were kind of trying to hold those feelings back um, out of respect for Ron and out of respect for what he was able to do with the shambles of a situation that he kind of became a head coach into but Jonathan Allen yeah I don't know if you've seen this is now rumored to I mean he basically flat out said yeah I think about playing on a team other than the commanders I I, I have those thoughts um so he's one of our staple players and I think one thought I had going into the season was that whatever happens this season is happens right it's like it's neither good nor bad necessarily ultimately i think at the end of the year we've got our terry mclaurin we've got our john allen we've got our sam howell and we'll go from there um you know this just what i mean to say is like some of the key pieces yes i think that this season now has swung so far in the opposite direction uh in, in the negative direction i should say that now being faced with the reality of what now to me seems like this may become a full rebuild. Um, yeah. There was, there was a part of me that thought, okay, we have some stuff we can salvage here and we can pick things up with the Josh Harris group. 
when you've got leaders on the team now talking about like, yeah, I think about playing for other teams. I've texted you guys before. I feel so terribly for Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, I think, is a very, very good talent that he's out there doing I cardio, as he said. God, sometimes I just feel like he played on a different team, you know? So all in all, like, again, I mean, the, the season is still what the season is, right? Like, we can't control that at this point. But the other worrisome thing, so John Allen maybe thinks about asking for a trade now. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? It was just a very ominous kind of comment from somebody who's pretty tight-lipped typically as a captain of the team. And then outside sure. of that, there's it seems like publicly a lot more news coming out now about the enemy being an interest to other teams. And stuff like that doesn't typically leak. As a head coach, obviously. Yeah, as a head coach. Uh, sure. and, and that stuff is coming out now. And when that stuff comes out, Colin Cowherd says it all the time, right? Like it comes out because people want it to come out. So yep. either the commanders want it to come out or the Bears want it to come out because they're rumored supposedly to be interested. But that starts to make me feel like, okay, maybe this Harris group is not fully committed to what anything that we have in the building. So I think commanders fans, you know, the rest of the year is going to play out how it does. It's probably not going to be very pretty. Uh, at least we have a bye this week so we can just enjoy some football. Um, but things could be very, very different here next year and uh, and come come the end of the season. So, stay tuned. Well, you mentioned you know John Allen and his frustrations, and maybe part of uh, him speaking about maybe playing somewhere else. Like maybe he speaks on the phone to his old teammate Chase Young and hears about the culture in San Francisco. You know, and like and that like sparks his interest. And I want to talk about yeah. Chase Young. Um, it- Chase Young's a bum. <laughs> Chase Young is a bum, but he has a lot of very (laughs) talented teammates. And we talked about Trent Williams, another former Redskin. The thing that Trent Williams is doing on the offensive line, I don't know if an an offensive lineman can get an MVP vote, but if there ever could be, it's him because they run behind that guy. And they did it it often um, because, of course, guys, what I thought was going to be the game of the year, the Niners flew to Philadelphia and in front of the Eagles' home fans opened up a can of whoop ass 42 to 19 i mean at one point i know like at the end of the first quarter as crazy as it sounds the eagles were up three to nothing um the eagles were actually up six to nothing at the end of the first quarter excuse me and the 49ers had negative yards they hadn't picked up a first down yet after that graphic popped up on fox the 49ers then scored touchdowns on their next six consecutive drives. I'm not talking about they had six consecutive scoring drives. Six touchdowns. Everybody got in the end zone. Um, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings of all people. Debo gets in there three times, backs up all of his trash talk. McCaffrey gets in there. George Kittle's making plays all over the field. They have dudes, Hall of Fame-level dudes at every positional group. And when they're rolling, when they're not injured, they are by far and away the best roster in football. If you're going to talk about Dak Prescott being in the MVP conversation, Brock Purdy's got to be in that same breath. He throws another four touchdowns. So if you look at his two games against the Eagles and the Cowboys, arguably the two, the next two best teams in the NFC, he goes 2-0 and against them, throws eight touchdowns, throws four apiece against them, and they annihilate both teams. This, to me, was the most impressive performance of any NFL team the entire season, and it makes me think that the Dallas Cowboys have to have home field advantage to have any shot at getting to the NFC championship or possibly the Super Bowl, Because right now, John, to me, the 49ers, they're just plain scary. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 49ers beat the Eagles so bad. They got so tired of beating up on their players. They tried to beat up one of their security guards. I mean, big Dom punch, big Dom right in his, right in his face. So <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. It was, it was scary, man, because we, you know, obviously as a podcast, talk about the NFC East. And I think that sometimes we get enamored with our teams, especially when they're good. And it's, it's easy yeah. to fall in love with the teams that we love to watch. Right. Um, so I think that we all fell into the, we didn't touch on it last week until the very end of the podcast. And I wish mm -hmm. that I would have remembered to bring it up before we got into the preview of this game, but the Eagles played three games in 15 days. And I think that was a huge part of going into this game. Not only that, I think the scales were also very favored in, in the 49ers favor because of every, all that baggage carried from last year's playoff loss, they were angry. And they, and they yes. showed it, right? I mean, this team had, was out for blood. This team wanted to destroy the Philadelphia Eagles. And they did. Um, yeah. I, I, I just think that they're, I don't want to be hyperbolic on the 49ers. I understand. They're, they're the best team in the NFC. I agree with you on that. I just think yeah. that this was a perfect storm game to look the way that it looked against a very good Philadelphia Eagles team. So, um, you know, looking over the stats of this game, I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts still threw for 298 yards. There wasn't really a point in the game where you felt like they were blown out, right? I mean, until the end of the game, you see the just the very the score. end, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the very end, you see the score, and you go, "Holy shit!" They kicked the Eagles' ass, but the Eagles looked competitive in the game. Their, their rushing sure. yards were not great, but Jalen's still throwing the ball well. Um, AJ Brown still has over hundred yards. Devonta Smith, 96 yards. Say what you will. They're playing catch up football, but I mean, you look at that Eagle stat line, that's a, that's an Eagle stat line that week to week, they typically win a game with, with box yeah. stats like that. So I'm not panicking on the Eagles personally. Now I do agree with you. I think obviously it would behoove either the Eagles or the Cowboys to play them at home in the playoffs, just to get some sort of advantage. You mentioned Brock Purdy as an MVP candidate. It's hard to say that, in my opinion, because Brock Purdy seemed to struggle the most when he didn't have one Trent Williams and one Debo Samuel. So Correct. if anybody deserves a look at MVP, when you leave a game and your quarterback struggles, but then you re-enter the game and you score three touchdowns, that's I mean, value. Debo Samuel seems to be a damn important piece of that offense. So yes. Um yeah, I think this was a humbling game for Philadelphia. But like I said, they were on a tough schedule leading up to this game. And you had mentioned it uh, several weeks ago. You were comparing the Eagles to the Cowboys, right? And and kind yeah. of showcasing what, what are these going to look like? And I, I think that was a perfect prediction, Brian, because we're looking now at a point where the Cowboys are one game back to the Eagles. You and I chatting before the beginning of the pod. Cowboys are in a position here as we transition in the next week. We'll get into it. Uh, to to at least come neck and neck, literally, in a, yes. in, you know, in a very uh, unique position here to take the division. I'm so excited for this week to come. Uh, I think your Eagles take is a good one. If you look at the murderer's row of schedule the Eagles had to go through just to get to this game, they played the Cowboys in Philadelphia. That game came right down to the wire. Then they played on Monday Night Football, a Super Bowl rematch with the Chiefs. That was a nail-biter, which you could argue they would have lost if, if Valdez-Scantling catches that ball. 
Then right. they go play possibly the game of the year in overtime. They play a fifth quarter to get by Buffalo in the nasty rain. Then they play the San Francisco 49ers who came in dressed in all black, ready to go. Their game of the year. Gangster. They had this game circled. Yeah, they were mad about that game last Debo year. And the black, uh, black Air Forces. Air, Air, Air Force, Air Force dude, they, dude, they, they, uh, they were on business. And uh, now it's not over yet, Philadelphia Eagles fans. Now you go to Dallas on a Sunday night primetime game. And then the week after that, you play the Seahawks, the first ever flex game into a Monday night. The, the Eagles play in primetime again. It's just a lot. I think I think that Philly will be okay. They're going to be the number two or three seed in the NFC, possibly still a chance for number one. And I think we know who the best teams in the NFC are. NFC, and it's 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 the Eagles, it's the Niners, it's the Cowboys. Just right now, San Francisco can say we're the best. But you know, as as the Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel said, as he was getting praised for being nine and three, call me when the season ends at Week Thirteen, because he's not interested yeah. in that. The big boy teams, and if that's what if that's what the Eagles are going to be, and they're going to make a return trip to the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni and his group, they're not worried about where they stand on December sixth. They're worried about where they stand on February thirteenth. So, thousand percent, yeah. All right. Well, let's um, this week. I, I know Jay Luds gets upset. Luds, we miss you tonight. Um, that I don't put Tommy DeVito higher in the quarterback rankings because, <laughs> but Tommy DeVito's he was on a bye week. Sam Howell is about to be on a bye week. Well, so Luds, just for let me let me add something before you make your decision here. Uh, I just saw something before we jumped on the podcast, but uh, I don't know if you know this, but singer Dua Lipa just recently yes. broke up with her uh, her boyfriend here before the okay. relationship soured. Tommy DeVito shooting his shot tweets oh, at Dua Lipa asking if she enjoys Gabagool. Wow. He said, he said, F it. If Kittle won't step up, I'll take a shot. Dua Lipa, do you enjoy Gabagool? Wow. Big balls on the kid from Jersey. What is, are, are we looking, uh, is DeVito and Dua Lipa going to be the next iteration the new- of Kelsey and Swift? Because I love, I don't know, him. and I. But God, and you got to put him, You got to. You might have to raise him in the power rankings for taking a shot like that, dude. John, just for sharing that story, I still love Sam Howell. So I'll say Tommy for a week can be tied for third place with Sam Howell. We'll put Tyrod Taylor fourth. I know Tyrod. Yeah, uh, Ty- Tyrod Taylor is actually very upset. They did maybe not name him the starter. Yeah, yeah Tyrod. Yeah, so. Tommy DeVito will be starting this coming Monday. I'm going to put him tied for third place with Sam Howell. Here's where I'm going to get interesting. I'm going to go and I'm buying. All my Dak Prescott stock right now. He's the league MVP. Jalen Hurst is number two. Dak Prescott for the first time all year. I got him number one in my quarterback rankings. Let's go. I think I agree with you on that. I think it helps Dak Prescott a lot that Jalen Hurst is playing on one and a half knees right now, I think. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, it's hard to argue, man. Dak's playing well. And, and the I mean, we, we say it over and over again with the Cowboys, though, right? It's like you guys are going to have to prove when it comes to playoff time. But Yep. Keep, keep playing, Doc. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Well, let's start off our week 14 preview. I'm not going to talk Dak versus Jalen yet, although that game is on Sunday and it goes first. We're going to start off with a Monday night game, which is um, Dua Lipa's possible new boyfriend, Tommy DeVito, <laughs> leading the Giants at home against a suddenly resurgent Green Bay Packers team, John. I mean, a month yeah. ago, I thought jo- Jordan Poole might be a bust, but that kid's really come Jordan along. Lowe. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Love, Poole, Jordan Poole. plays for the Lakers. 
that's hilarious. Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole's a shooting guard. Uh, oh, oh, sorry about that. Jordan Love. Um, Green Bay Packers, um, they beat the Chiefs last week. He goes, Jordan Love goes head to head with Mahomes. Um, he looks good. And these Green Bay Packers, like last year, I know Aaron Rodgers was uh, visibly upset a lot with his young weapons because he, he felt like they weren't up to, you know, his IQ level in the NFL. But now if you look, all of a sudden, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, they got the kid Jaden Reed, who they call the uh, Wisconsin version of Debo Samuel because he does a lot of um, the stuff Debo does and getting um, okay. he gets rushes out of the backfield. They move him around like a chess piece. I heard that. Uh, yeah, and these Packers all of a sudden, they got they, they look good. Um, A.J. Dillon's running the ball tough. Aaron Jones has been hurt on and off all year. I'm not sure if he's going to play in this game. But right now, Green Bay 6-6. Six and six, They're tied for that last wild card spot. And if I had to guess with their momentum, they're probably going to get into the tournament. Matt LaFleur has never lost a game, John, in December. As I'm a happy Packers you coach. just brought that up. I was literally just going to, to, to interject with that. I mean, listen, I, I think it was said in the Cowboys game, which I thought was really interesting. But, um, you know, wins and losses are typically a quarterback stat, but they're also a coaching stat, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that shows a lot there, that Matt LaFleur's teams, you know, Say what you will about him, September, October, November, in December, pushing through and being 10 and 0. I mean, that shows yeah. resilience. That shows, you know, that shows a good culture there. So, Green Bay, Green Bay's been always been, whether it's been Holgram or to McCarthy to now LaFleur, they've they, they, they always been very well organizationally ran, which it's is crazy. Blood. They don't even it's, a, yeah, it's blue blood. Yes, absolutely. Well, in this game, they're six and a half point road favorites. Obviously, Vegas uh, favoring them heavily. I actually love the Giants to cover in this game because I just think Brian Dayball knows the best chance for the Giants to probably win an NFL game on any given Sunday, or in this case, Monday night, is to play Tyrod Taylor. He's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. But I think Dayball knows this season is gone. But the fans, the the fun that uh, the, obviously the Devitos are going to be smoking cigar, uh, cigars in the parking lot, <laughs> grilling up chicken cutlets. Like everyone's going to be throwing up the Devito sign. I think he just wants to for this organization to have fun. Like Saquon Barkley was fired up um, the last game. I know for I'm sure if everyone in the Giants organization just wants to see Saquon Barkley happy because he deserves that. He's that kind of football player. I think the defense plays tough in this game, but eventually Jordan Love is just that much better than than Tommy Devito. I'll say the Packers win 26 to 20, but, but I, but I got the giants uh, plus six and a half in this one at home. How about you? Yeah. And I, that was a good point that you made there about, uh, about DeVito and, and Dayball's take on that. And the other thing too, is like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Dayball necessarily goes into this game thinking they're going to win to your point. They want to, they want to put on a show. They want to have a good time. Right. And yeah, not that Tyrod Taylor is a bad quarterback. I think all of us have kind of had Tyrod Taylor's back over the last couple of seasons as a backup, but uh, who are the players going to want to play more for right now? I mean, you've got right. your, your season, your season's lost and you've got this guy, you know, who's kind of a character like a Mario brother, if you will, like in Tommy <laughs> yeah. DeVito, like he's rallied, you know, he's rallied the troops. He came out, he beat the commanders. <laughs> he's played some games. He's eating cutlets. Like they want to play for the guy. Right. So, so I agree with you. I think, I think the giants will come out and, uh, and and give at least put up a, a put up a fight, um, the Packers, man, like that's why it's there was so much that happened at the end of that Kansas City Chiefs game that makes it hard mm. to really tell, like what should the outcome of that game been right? And the Packers, I, I again we talked about Matt Lafleur's ten and zero record, so 
Um, they are obviously a well-coached team, but they have had a lot of ups and downs this year. So I feel like it's pretty hard to trust the Packers. So I like the way you're leaning, and I agree with you. I think that the Giants probably cover. Um, it is on the – you said it's it's uh, it's in New York, right? In, in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Correct. So I'll take uh, Packers 24, Giants – Oh, Packers 24, Giants 21. Weird. I like it. The, the Giants aren't scoring three touchdowns, but. You never know. Maybe that maybe the defense gets in the end to a special teams play. I, th- I think either way, that crowd is going to be fired up. Give me, give me 24, 20. I like that score better. 24, 20 locking in. We're both on an inspired home dog though, to, to play well and hopefully give America a competitive game. There's actually two yeah. Monday night football games this week, which is strange. I feel. And like the other oh, one is Dolphins tight. Yeah, the Dolphins oh, yeah. and Titans. Um, so, and they both start at the same time. Like usually, when they do Monday Night Football games, they seem to they layer them like seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah, but th- these kick off simultaneously. So, um, hmm. I don't know if either of them are going to be the most competitive contest, but I would say between the two of them, um, that the Giants will give the Packers a better fight than the Titans give the Dolphins. But Agreed. either way, hope you guys uh, enjoy Monday Night Football. But before Monday Night Football, I know that America is going to enjoy Sunday Night Football. Because we get that rematch the Cowboys have been waiting for. We all know how the first game ended. A game of inches. Um, Luke Schoonmaker down at the one-inch line. Dak Prescott steps out of bounds on the two-point conversion. The Cowboys so close to victory in Philadelphia. But, um, you know, we talked about it after that game, John. I came away from that game. That was um, The Cowboys have won four straight since then. Um, they've looked like a different football team after the bye week. Dak played well in that game. He's played even better since. This line started at three. It's moved to three and a half. So that tells me that people were pounding that three-point line. So Vegas moved it. I think a lot of momentum is on the Cowboys, which is dangerous because this is the time normally where when everyone's buying into Dallas, they'll let you down. But I'm going to say it's different because although this is a playoff-type atmosphere, it's not a playoff game. This is still a regular season game. The pressure isn't there. This isn't Dallas going to San Francisco last year and laying an egg. This is Dallas at home where they've won 14 straight games. They have revenge on their mind. They've got some wounded birds in Philadelphia coming in off of a beatdown. I think Dallas smells blood in the water. I've got the Cowboys to actually cover the spread and look well in this game. I think Dak asserts himself, reasserts himself um, as as the MVP favorite. I'm going to say it's high scoring, but the Cowboys win. I'll say 34 to 28. Yeah, it looks like Vegas agrees with the over-under on this is 51 and a half. Hmm. Big, wow. big time scoring game, they think. So Jerry's world and uh, the rest of uh, the rest of the country is going to get a show. I always joke with you guys uh, in our group text that I hate that Carrie Underwood Sunday night song, waiting all Me day too. for Sunday night. And it's typically yeah. because Washington is never in a primetime game. So I always typically <laughs> watch them at one o'clock. And I'm like, I've been watching football all day. Like, I'm not waiting all day for Sunday night. Like, I don't care who's playing at this point. Just watching football. But... In this instance, that's going to be a perfect song because this is absolutely game of the week, right? I mean, this is going to be a massive Sunday night ticket. Um, We talk about, we've been fans of Coward, you and I, for years. And while Philly didn't get blown out, does it not make you a little bit nervous that they got embarrassed on national television? A little bit. Yeah, I think so. Give you a pause, a little hesitation, Brian. 
This is because a team... they're going to play way better coming off of getting an ass kicking. I mean, they didn't, again, they didn't get blown out, right? So typically Collins' take is if a team gets like held scoreless or legitimately gets blown out, again, we talked about it earlier. I think Philly at least put up a fight in that game. And the the final score looked worse than probably the game looked when you watched it. Um, But man, I've got to imagine Philadelphia is going to come off this game sour. Um, They're going to want to play your Cowboys tough, man. And I think defensively is what I need to see out of the Philadelphia Eagles more than anything here, because that's where they lacked last game. Um, You know, I kind of talked about the offense kind of did their part. And I think in typical weeks, they win with that box score. So, I mean, this is these two teams have have just very complimentary rosters offensive and defensively so it's so hard to pick this game i feel like because both teams have great defense both game both teams throughout the year have proved at least on the on the Cowboys side that they have competitive offenses that they can dictate to a little bit of their game so i think it's going to be unique um I think it's ultimately going to boil down to like the fundamentals of football, right? Like who can run the ball? Cause I think recently both of these teams have kind of led with the passing game. So I agree. who can run the ball and who can play better defense. And at the end of the day, I know that you're at home. I know you guys have the 14, you got the 14 in your, in your name down there. Yes, sir. Uh, on the screen, those of you, obviously, you can't see it. Brian's got 14, uh, 14 <laughs> wins at home straight in his name on the pod. I think the Eagles take this one, dude. I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm still waiting on the Cowboys breakout. I think that they're going to take it uh, to the playoffs this year, and I, and I wish you guys best of luck. But something tells me the Eagles are going to come for vengeance. I mean, we just saw what 49ers did when they were pissed off. Uh, at the Eagles, yep. right? So I think the Eagles and Sirianni rally here. Um, they get a full week's rest this time, and uh, yep. and they come in and they play. It's a division game. It's obviously going to always be close. Um, I don't know if I'll pick it as high scoring as you because, like I said, I think both these defenses are so good, and and the offenses have been able to dictate through the year, you know, to lesser teams at least to some extent, but. Both these teams are going to be out for blood, obviously. Um, I'm going to go Eagles 30, uh, Cowboys 27. Oh, I like that. I think that sounds like a good score either way. Cowboys cover. Of course. All right. I think both of these teams have such good offensive lines. The Cowboys offensive line is playing really good right now. Tyron Smith looks like his old self. Yeah. And of course the Eagles on the on the flip side probably have the number one offensive line in football. So I have a feeling that the pass rushes of Micah Parsons and of course the Eagles defensive line with Fletcher Cox and company are kind of going to be negated. And I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe the running games are to a sort of certain sense. Maybe if like DeAndre uh, Swift or Tony Pollard can get to 75 or 80 yards, that'll be the difference. But I don't think either of them are breaking out for a buck 20 and two touchdowns. No. Yeah, so. absolutely. I agree with you. I'm going to look for the secondaries. What secondary is – can Deron Bland get another interception? It sounds crazy to say. Or will Deron Bland be that same guy who gave up 130 yards in the first half to DK Metcalf? And then on the flip side, James Bradbury and Darius Slay, it's like as, as, as much as I think that's an above average, if not pretty darn good group of They've corners. They've shown weakness. Yeah, the Eagles' back yeah. end has been weak. And right now, 
Um, Brandon Cooks is playing his best stretch of, of football for the Cowboys. We're in the fantasy playoffs, John, and I'm desperate. I picked up Brandon Cooks. I'm playing him this week. I, I think the, Absolutely. I, I think the guy um cd lamb second in the league of course second only Stop. to the great tyree kill in receiving yards jake ferguson has become a, a, the real deal at tight end the uh, when he scored that touchdown on jamal adams in the seahawks and he stared him down and spiked that ball in his face those two were going at it all game that's a big moment for the kid that um was a big and moment. uh and and you've got i don't know if michael gallup's gonna make a play Cavante turpin they have other guys possibly the the the, the backup tight end Schoonmaker. i think the cowboys just make enough plays Whereas Javante Smith and AJ Brown are going to get theirs eventually, but I just I like the Cowboys to make one more play, um, and I think both defenses don't have their best day. But either way, John, I think this uh, this game I'm hoping is as good as the Cowboys Seahawks game. I think we're going to have that kind of back and forth momentum. Yeah, and I mean, so I mean, you just kind of went through a litany of different Cowboys players there that are going to add value to this game. You've also got Dallas Goder, uh, Goddard, Goddard, Goddard coming back. Um, he's, he was a full oh, participant, right. full participant in practice this week. So adds one more weapon to that uh, Eagles, um, you know, firepower. I think the biggest thing that gives me reserve in my pick is obviously the Jalen Hurts injury, um, but he's still been able to kind of just grit it out, man. And yeah. it, it's just uh, the Eagles throughout the year. We talked about it last week in the recap of their game. They just continue to grit out these wins. Obviously, they get their doors blown off by by the 49ers, but that's just not the story that it's been for the Eagles. So um, it, it was tough for me to pick against your Cowboys um, because I do think that this game was really going to come down to it. And to be honest with you, I hope it doesn't come down to kind of that game of inches that you talked about at the beginning um, and the yeah. Cowboys end up end up on the losing side of that again because that was a heartbreaker for you guys and i i want it to be a competitive game but i hope that it's competitive like in a in a good sense not necessarily like yeah oh like oh the cowboys get tackled you know schoonmaker or uh, ferguson whichever one it was gets tackled you know at the half three quarter yard line not even the half yes. yard line right Dak steps out of bounds with a half of a pinky toe barely before going in for the touchdown like so i'm so excited man this is definitely game of the week um man i'm so happy that we have uh that we've got good football to talk about i'm sad obviously that it's not my commanders but <laughs> better days ahead a couple side notes on this game we're talking about um who who on these teams can step up and make a play it won't be this week because i doubt he'll be in uniform but these two teams were involved in off-field news because Darius Leonard, um, well, I think he's Shaq Leonard, he's called now. Oh, yeah. The for former All-Pro linebacker, um, he chose the Eagles over the Cowboys. So I wonder yep. if maybe when he watched the 49ers, um, in particular Debo Samuel, run all over Philly, he looked at that team and was like, hey, I can help that. And um, he'll yeah. step in to play a prominent role for Philadelphia. Um, so like we'll Philadelphia's defense needs any more damn good players. I know, right? It's unfair. Um, and also... Uh, prayers to uh, to my coach, Mike McCarthy. He had um, a surgery today for an acute appendicitis. He's supposed to be on the sideline for the team on Sunday. Hopefully all goes well. If not, of course, um, probably Dan Quinn would take over on an interim basis. But hopefully get, get well coached, and hopefully we see you out there on Sunday. All right. Yeah. Oh, man, the, uh, that's a good point, Brian. Don't just slip right, right by that. I mean, that, that kind of shakes things up a little bit. I mean, McCarthy's been, calling, play, McCarthy's been calling been plays for you guys all year. Yes, correct. 
Ooh. So our, I, I, man, our offensive our offensive by. coordinator is uh is is one of the Schottenheimers. Is it Brian Schottenheimer? We have a Schottenheimer offensive coordinator, and it and it frightens me to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, the way that Dak is playing, you gotta feel confident that I mean he's gonna be the leader of that team. They give obviously True. they give Dak free and clear, you know, ability to to check plays and call plays as he sees fit. But man, yeah, that's a that's that's big. Hope we'll to see, see Mike McCarthy out there because definitely don't yes. want to see the Cowboys lose a game or drop a game to the Eagles just because McCarthy's got a cute appendicitis. We'll see if he's out there on Sunday night. All right, guys, Jay Ludd's unfortunately is feeling a little bit under the weather. He's got two kids at the house, and they come home from school with a bunch of germs, and he gets sick. <laughs> but we miss you, Ludd's. Um, he What's is, George's uh, excuse? George has no excuse. We miss you, George. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we he, miss you, bro. He, we miss you, brother. And um, I, he's probably just out there, probably getting some therapy. Slinging for pies, dude. I know. And he's Spinning making pizza. pizza. Shout out to good days. Jay Luds, tell us how you're feeling this week. Hey, guys. Uh, week 14. Uh, apologize. I'm a little under the weather this week. Uh, this week so um, not live, but still bringing them picks. Um, apologize for my lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> <clears throat> as I am getting over this cold. Uh, week 14, guys, I'm 20 and 21. We'll start with Green Bay at New York Giants. Um, you know, Packers have been one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, tough division with Detroit and Minnesota hanging in there, but I think Green Bay going against your uh, lowly Giants, uh, even though the Giants are at home, I'm going to go at Green Bay here. Uh, they're minus six and a half this game. I got it 30 to 17 Green Bay Packers. Packers minus six and a half. And then the game that uh, I'm sure the boys are going to be discussing and going over most of the show is this big Philly at Dallas matchup. Now we know the Cowboys lost when they went to Philadelphia. Uh, great game. Uh, but Dallas, as you guys know, are, are hot at home and they're a hot team right now. Philly coming off that beat down um, and they have to travel. Uh, just not a not a good spot for the Eagles this week. I'm gonna stick with Dallas. They're Let's hot right go. now. Prescott playing, still playing well. Uh, they ran the ball a little better last week. Uh, Dallas minus three and a half this game, and uh, I think Vegas agrees. I'm gonna go with the boys at home, 27-23 in a close divisional game. Dallas minus three and a half. Um, upset picks, kind of tough this week. I didn't see too many I like, but. I'm going to go with uh, my, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a must-win of course, uh, divisional game at Atlanta. Um, they got to win to stay alive, so I'm going to go Tampa Bay Bucks plus two and a half. And then um, I like the Raiders. Raiders plus three, phase Minnesota. Raiders are at home. Uh, Minnesota does, I think, get Jefferson back, but uh, that one I'm just kind of 50-50 on, fellas. I'm not going to lie. I just had a hard time picking a second game this week. Um, but if I had to choose, I guess I'd go, yeah, Raiders plus three. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging with us this year, hanging with me this week. Uh, good luck to your, your teams, and uh, wish you guys the best. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Get well soon, kid. We can't wait to, to hear from you next week live in studio. Well, John, loves a swallowing this week. Um, he's 20 and 21, so again, clawing for 500, but he's swallowing with the Packers and with the Cowboys. Wait, was he swallowing with the Cowboys? He said, yeah, 20, he 27, 27, 23. So minus three. So yeah, so okay. he got the three and a half. He got okay. the wow. hook in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, just he's on, he, 
He's with you, man. He's on the Cowboys. I mean, that is obviously daunting, man. You guys, 14 games at home. So um, it's going to be a battle, man. I'm excited about the it. The Cowboys, they feel like almost strangely collegiate at home. Like how college football is such a huge, oh, yeah. like if you go to the S- go to the SEC, like try to play Tennessee and Knoxville, like like good luck. Like it's like, and then on the road, they're kind of a different Jerry's team. world, dude. I mean, it's yes, literally Jerry's world, right? So it is. I mean, good for you guys, man. Just to have such an epic home field advantage there. It'll be rocking. Well, we hope uh, we hope you guys um, enjoyed the podcast, and more than anything, enjoy the primetime football this week. Of course, we got the game of the week: Cowboys Eagles Sunday, and then um, you get some Tommy DeVito on Monday night. And then, before you know it, the playoffs are here. But uh, there will be some playoff type atmosphere Sunday night in Dallas. We hope you guys enjoy the NFC East. Free. Free.